This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way, with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another Foul Front Podcast episode. I am your host, per usual, Matt, and joining me today is my buddy Chase, also known as Somewhere in Wisconsin. Chase, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Matt. Doing good. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, no, happy to have you on here. Um, I guess before we jump into anything, why don't we have you just, uh, you know, give a little bit about yourself, talk about where people can find you, and uh, just go from there. Yeah, my name is Chase, and uh, I live in Wisconsin, so my YouTube channel is called Somewhere in Wisconsin. I've been on YouTube six or seven years now, I want to say. I used to do a lot of little archery stuff on there, and kind of gotten out of the archery stuff the last few years. Um I would say like my first three years, I did a little bit of both archery and duck hunting. And then I kind of became addicted to duck hunting. So <laughs> I've been more on the duck hunting front here in the last probably five or six years. In fact, I haven't even bow hunted in like three years. I just shoot archery in the off season now, kind of take up my time in the summer shooting like 3D and indoor leagues and outdoor leagues and things like that. So that's kind of how I uh, started the YouTube channel is archery stuff, waterfall stuff. It's morphed into mostly waterfall. I do a little bit of archery stuff in the summers on the channel now. Um, but that's really about it. I do all most probably 98% of my duck hunting I do in Wisconsin. Um, and about 50, 50, I live in the Southeastern part of the state of Wisconsin. So I do about half of my hunting there. If you see me in a field or anything like that, I'm usually closer to home, probably within 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes of my house. And if you see me on like a, a river, typically I'm out on the Mississippi river, backwater sloughs, things like that. So that's kind of where I, that's where I am right now. Awesome. My son snuck up on me. <laughs> His name's Beckett. Hey. So, yeah. So I've gotten Beckett out a few times. A few times duck hunting. We haven't we shot a goose last year, right? Yeah, he went and grabbed that sucker and grabbed it by the neck. It's kind of funny. <laughs> awesome. He was surprised how big it was, yeah. But, yeah, let's, let's talk about your goose hunts to start with, I guess. Uh, you know, I always – those field hunts are something special. Just – both the show the geese put on for you and then you also get like a duck show even though you can't shoot them then but those are yeah. it looks like a good time yeah we've had i i really didn't get into field hunting until probably about four years ago maybe five now um mostly because i didn't have access um i didn't have many permission on fields and my first field i actually ever got permission on was permission for duck hunting and it flooded we got a bunch of rain overnight field flooded and i drove by it on the way to go bow hunting and I actually canceled my bow hunt because I saw a bunch of ducks in there and I went and asked permission on the field. And she said, yeah, you guys can go hunt it, have fun. 
And me and my buddy, uh, Matt, we went out and, and shot, and my dad too, we shot a few ducks uh, out there um, that morning. I think we shot three or four mallards that day, but there was a lot more in there. We were still pretty, I was still pretty uh, young at, at it. And uh, we kind of had to walk in. It was like chest deep flooded corn on one edge of it. And it was like flooded weeds and grass the other. We had no idea how deep it is. We had to walk in, cut through the corn in the dark, try to figure out where we were. And uh, it's kind of an adventure, but it was fun. It was worth it that day. We saw quite a few ducks and, and killed some too. So that was pretty cool. But then our goose hunts, yeah, so the the real field hunting I got into was was right around then because that was the first field I really had permission on, and then I was doing some late season bow hunting on a property I have permission on, and there was a bunch of geese using one of the fields on that property. So then we're like, okay, well, there's two fields we can kill geese on, and that's a field you saw like um, we had a snow hunt. My dad and I we had like a group of like three or four hundred birds come in on us a few years ago. If you watch any of my like TikToks or YouTube or Instagram stuff you'll see this flock in the snow of probably 300 birds just come in and set down right on top of us. And we each could only, I think we each only had one bird left at the time. So we each had our one bird. And I mean, the whole roost came off at the same time. It was like one of the last days of the season. So we just decided to shoot them. And it was pretty fun. It was a pretty cool experience. My dad kind of was going crazy at that. And I was like, I can't believe that just happened because they swung out about, I don't know, 800 yards in front of us. It looked like they were going to go by us. And the first bird all of a sudden just turned around and came right back at us. Um, and then we, uh, so then I met some guys in the area here and I think all together now we probably have, I mean, I can't even count how many properties we can, we can hunt in the fall. They mostly only hunt fields. Uh, a lot of the guys that I hunt with in the area here, I like to go and stomp around on public land and find birds on public land and try to kill them there. Um, so my, like most of my field hunting is done during our late season, which is, uh, around the holidays. So like around Christmas time, we have like a 10 or 11 or 12 day season that opens up. Um, and then early in the year, like when duck isn't quite open yet. So like between our teal season and our duck season, we have about 20 days where I can kind of just chase birds in, in fields that way. So that's kind of, that's kind of the history of my like uh, field hunting, but we have a lot of good permission in the area. Thankful for like a lot of my buddies, you know, they're always scouting. Um, once the late season comes around and I'm scouting more, we all kind of just take little different regions of the the areas we hunt. We're all probably within about 40 minutes of each other. So having that nice network, you know, I have probably 25 fields around my house here in 15 minutes that I can scout that we all have access on. And then, uh, you know, they all, they all, we all just have fields kind of all over. In fact, some of my fields are actually farther West of me. So another buddy scouts my fields over there. Typically he'll just shoot me a text if he's seeing birds in them. So Nice. Yeah. I that getting a nice network of, you know, friends you can hunt with that has really been helpful because you're somebody or one of us is always on birds. Yeah. Yeah. That, that really helps to make a lot less work. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing where you're where you're hunting these birds late season, obviously they're roosting somewhere on water. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, is that, is that the river typically? I mean, I, how, how iced up does stuff get up that way? I, well, you know, I, yeah, we can get ice as early as late October here. Not necessarily permanent ice, but we'll get some skim ice. And then we've had some really heavy, like hard, hard ices um, by like that second week in November before already, where it'll lock most of our, like most of my Mississippi River stuff might be locked up unless you're on the main river, obviously, or if you're in like a, a stream or a backwater with some current. But a lot of the boat ramps aren't in current necessarily on the Mississippi, at least the backwater stuff that I hunt. So a lot of those are just locked up, you know, and then sometimes they open back up too. So they might open up for a week or two, but our season ends the first few days into December, usually around like the third, fourth, fifth. Okay. Um, so some years we're, we're iced up there and some years we're not. Um, luckily where I live, I live on the Eastern half of the state. And one of my fields is honestly like right off of Lake Michigan, like very close to Lake Michigan. So I will all, I, I hope once, late season comes around like late November, December, I I'm almost always hoping that ever all the neighborhood ponds ice up. Um, I'm hoping that like all the lakes and stuff ice up because Lake Michigan will always be open. And once that happens, that just, that field becomes like really, really, really good. Um, and it becomes good with mallards too, but unfortunately we can't, we can't shoot them then. So we get, we get some <laughs> nice shows of mallards dropping in right on our boots and pretty fun. So, 
Yeah. Nice. So most most of our birds during the once the migration kicks in, like we're like our our Facebook group name, like we just call each other City Limits because we're always just just outside of the city limits and and shooting birds like you know in all different types of places. But a lot of the birds are roosting on like neighborhood ponds. They're coming out into the fields. Um, so it's kind of a joke that you know City Limits is the the name of the, the <laughs> group. not the group I should say, but like our chat, like our chat is called City Limits. Yeah. 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 So yeah, they really roost all over, but a lot of our birds are roosting on ponds um, or late, late season. If you see me in a field with trees around it, I'm probably hunting my Lake Michigan field. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I'm guessing those early season birds where they're coming out of the cities, are there a fair amount banded? So not too many local bands. We shot, our group shot like 12 or 13 bands last year, goose bands. (laughs) Um, but we shot five in one hunt. It was a family group, and they were from somewhere up in Ontario, off of Hudson Bay somewhere. I can't remember exactly. Uh, Peewinock. So in our area, we get a lot of Peewinock bands. Peewinock is up, I think, on the southern half of Hudson Bay. Um, in fact, every band I have shot has been from Peewinock. I have three bands, and they've all been from Peewinock. And the group of five we shot last year, they were all from uh, Peewinock. And then earlier in the year, they shot six in a family group and they were all banned banded and they were local. They they were like all banned recently. In fact, they were banned like pretty close to my house. We didn't even <laughs> know they were banding over there. All of a sudden they're like, what? They were banded there. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. So we don't have a ton of bands. Um, and most of them that we have shot have been all Pewinock bands for the most part. Nice. We don't yeah, have many just... bands around here. Uh, we shot one or two in the last like four or five years, probably. Yeah, that seems like Michigan's where you get all the duck bands, at least from yeah. <laughs> just watching yeah. YouTube and stuff. It's... I actually have a funny band story from last year. Me and uh, me and my buddy AJ, my buddy Tom, we were hunting. It was kind of like we had a, we had a blizzard warning, so I'm a teacher. My school got canceled for the day. I'm like, I'm going goose hunting. So middle of the, middle of the day, you know, it was supposed to be a blizzard, but you could tell it wasn't really going to be much snow. It was more wind and and wind and snow but it wasn't like a heavy heavy snow and uh i get out there a little bit early before them they came from work and get set up probably should have shot a few birds if we were there like an hour earlier we probably would have shot our limit that day and in wisconsin you can shoot five bird late season limit so five birds a person instead of three our regular season is three birds um so first couple groups come in we knock them down and uh the end of the hunt we actually shoot a band so the end of that hunt, we shot one band. It was one of our last bands of the year that we shot. Well, one of my buddies kept a goose for his dog for training. And about a month later, he te- he texted the group thread, the City Limits thread, right? And he said, hey, guys, you guys playing a joke on me? There was a band on that last goose we shot from the last year or from the last hunt of the year, the blizzard hunt. And we're like, what? No. Well, I went back on the video, and the first group we shot that day had a band on it. And my buddy didn't see it when he picked up the bird. So we put a banded bird in the freezer, luckily, and <laughs> never even knew it. So we ended up shooting two bands that day. Um, and I think it's called, uh, what the heck is the name of the video, if you guys want to go look at it. But it's like, you'll see, it says like blizzard, it looks cold out. But one of the first birds, my buddy walks by the camera and he holds up the birds in front of the camera, the camera that I have behind the blind. And I pause him like, dude, you can see a band right there, AJ. And he's the guy who like is always concerned about the bands. That was the best part about it. He missed the band. <laughs> it was the freezer band yeah that was a peewinuck bird i believe uh, pretty funny pretty funny nice. yeah now have you shot did you shoot a duck band last year no no i i haven't yeah. shot a duck band in okay oh it's probably 20 years now my was first okay. i don't remember first... you shooting one since you've been filming nope first ever duck i shot was banded banded drake mallard and since then I've seen a few goose bands shot while I've been hunting. I've had a, uh, I was hunting public one time and I had a goose skirt my spread. He was about 35 yards, but he wasn't committed. So I was, and there was yeah. another group hunting about 400 yards away and not a lot of wind. So we, we could hear each other and, you know, I figured let him choose who he wants to work with. Well, they had what little breath of wind there was at their back on, and they just had goose decoys and he passes mine. I probably could have shot him but he cups up right into him. They let him in. They shoot him at like 10 yards and the guy walks out there 
and he picks him up and he's he's banded and I, like the whole marsh could hear him i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> so i i've had opportunities but <laughs> it just haven't connected i guess yeah. um so maybe this year i don't know we'll i see. haven't shot a duck band yet i've been on a few hunts where buddies have shot bands but duck bands mallards yeah, so I guess let, let's talk a little bit more about ducks, um, where you mm-hmm. hunt that the Mississippi River there and, you know, all the backwaters and stuff. What primarily is that? Is that just mallards or you guys get some, like, wood ducks and black ducks or so, divers even? Yeah, early in the year, um, my dad and I always used to go out to the Mississippi for, like, our opening our opening day. And it would basically just be a strictly a wood duck hunt. We'd rarely see mallards. We'd rarely even, like, you'd rarely even see them, like, in the sky flying. Um, and we would typically kind of find a, a hole back in the woods or a nice pass shooting spot where they can refine down a channel, you know, where you can get them at like 20 yards. They might be full blown going to somewhere else, but <laughs> you can get them on, you know, a nice close passing shot on them. And they're usually moving pretty good. So, uh, unfortunate to say, but I probably shot a lot of shells at those like passing birds at like 20 yards taught me how to shoot a little bit, you know, when I yeah. was young. Um, <clears throat> and then the last, like, few years of it we started going into like a hole so we would just find a hole in the woods and we know we're only going to have 20 minutes of shooting in that hole but that would be what we would do and we would shoot our five or six birds you can only shoot three each obviously in wisconsin i don't know it's like that in nebraska too three yeah three wood ducks ducks. yeah so we could shoot our three each or you know i'd shoot three or my dad would shoot three and i'd shoot two so you know we would do that that weekend and we'd come home with you know if we hunt three days we'd come home with our nine birds each um our nine wood ducks or seven or eight wood ducks at least. And then, uh, you know, last year, and so the mallards really move in in those spots and a lot of the other puddlers and stuff, they move in late October um, is when you get a nice push of birds, like your first real good push where you can go out to the river and feel confident you're going to see a lot of migrating birds and have chances at pintails, widgeon, gaddies, mallards, um, <clears throat> some divers. We've shot a few divers in there already. Shot some ringnecks in there. We shot some bufflehead in there, um, at least in the, in the spots that I typically hunt. We're usually targeting like puddlers, so we're hunting near some timber, near some sort of woods, uh, backwater sloughs kind of stuff. That's a lot of the stuff that we hunt. Um, like in our videos, if you see us on like a, a wood a pond with a bunch of dead trees around it, that's out on the Mississippi River, and it's just backwater stuff. A lot of the trees have just died over all the flooding and stuff like that. So that's kind of like a majority of where our hunting is taking place in those like backwater sloughs on the Mississippi. The last few years, or actually last year was the last, was the, two years ago was the last time I went to the Mississippi for the opener. Last year we went and found, I found a little local spot that had uh, a lot of birds in it and it was pretty stacked. And my dad and I got there, we actually got there the night before because it's kind of a populated area. And we slept in the, we slept in the beaver tail in the boat drove right back to this little slough through all these weeds there's this little um ditch that i i knew was there from when the water was down it still had water so the ditch itself along the dike system was like probably was like we'd go over your waders if you'd walk across it when i was in there that day so it was probably four feet deep at least but there's like grasses and stuff that were all flooded at that point but i knew there was a hole back in there so i just took my boat i went along the ditch and we just drove right back into the hole parked in the hole at night fell asleep in our, in our, uh, in the boat, pulled the, pulled the blind over our head. And, and I think at like five thirty the next day we woke up through our decoys and the teal last year pushed in real late. So we didn't hardly have any teal during our teal season. And, uh, on the opener, I went out there the night before and we didn't see a ton of teal. Like we saw some teal more than we saw during teal season. But the next morning, like everybody was just limiting on teal and wood ducks. There just tons of teal, tons of wood ducks. Um, so the, the teal kind of saved everybody's opener last year. I, I guarantee, like, I bet you 70% of the hunters in that marsh shot a limit, and they, most of them were like teal majority limits, probably. Dang. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. There was a huge push of, of teal. And we didn't see many mallards. A lot of the mallards in that marsh, they would have been local birds. Um, the next day we had a chance at some mallards, but we kind of blew that. We got a little excited, <laughs> a little too noisy in the boat. Yeah. So when's your, cause you guys have early teal too, right? Yeah. We have a 10 day teal season starts September 1st. So I went out scouting yesterday, uh, for a few hours. Me, me and my buddy went out and did quite a bit of scouting, uh, found a couple spots, learned a couple of new things about the marsh we hunt during 
teal season. Um, surprising things that's uh, that the uh, DNR had done probably in the last few weeks. So there's going to be some people that I think are going to be a little surprised. I don't really want to say too much about it, but they probably will be surprised when they get in there. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting because I've been begging for it, like in my like to my buddies and stuff for the last several years. Because those marshes can run real dry. I think I've sent you pictures in the past before about our marshes being real low with no water. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I don't think that'll be the case anymore. So it's kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're still really dry out here. I mean, we got, we've gotten a lot more moisture than last year, but we were just in such a deficit and yeah. we had water in May and it, it's other than some, you know, hit and miss thunderstorms, mm-hmm. all our wetlands are pretty much dry. So yeah. Hopefully we can catch some moisture yet this uh, August, I guess. Our teal season is kind of interesting because we likely won't have any. I mean, we scouted yesterday and we saw a few birds, more than we'd normally see this time of year, probably, I would say. Um, But there's been years where we'll show up two days before to scout and there'll be birds there like that day. But the Sunday before that, three days before that, there weren't any birds. So they really show up really fast. And it's like, it's like they're here and they're gone over that 10 day window. And they might show up on the fifth day. They might show up on the first day or two or three days early. Whereas last year they kind of showed up almost a month late is when they pushed through our areas. Um, and so we had kind of a rough teal season last year. I think we only shot a few birds every hunt. There were still some around, but just not a lot. So it's kind of interesting, you know, like I wasn't really scouting for birds yesterday. I was just scouting water to see what kind of water was available and, and looking for some nice shallow stuff to hunt for teal. So are they are they gonna do you guys have like similar vegetation that teal like to you know like like down here we we look for smart weed and barnyard grass primarily kansas about the same is that what pretty typical up there too yeah that's exactly what we have a lot of the barnyard grass a couple years ago we had a lot of smart weed in this marsh i don't know why that year it, it was all smart weed but the last few years has been mostly the grasses you know that barn that barnyard grass in fact we had a really good mallard hunt on some flat some of that was flooded last year in one of the marshes we hunt and uh we had a really good hunt in that. That was like November 7th, I think. It was election day. Because we were supposed to go to Green Bay, but the wind was bad. We were going to go hunt divers on Green Bay, but it was too windy. So we decided to hunt the Southern Marsh. We just had an amazing morning. It was really fun. And that was in like a flooded uh, grass flat in that marsh. So we were sitting on the back of cattails, but there hadn't been water on those cattails in probably three or four seasons. But we got a bunch of rain, everything flooded, and we could get in there and get sit right on the edge of the cattails, and all the grass in front of us was all flooded. It was probably like thigh deep, thigh deep, and then the grass was just under the surface. It's kind of hard to walk in, but uh, I just kind of ripped the boat back in there and parked it in the cattails. I don't normally hunt out of the boat, but that year, or that hunt, just it kind of worked perfect because I could drive right into a cattail log, and, and we could hunt right in there, and we had a really good day. It was fun. Nice. So... I know a couple other states, um, and maybe this is a dumb question or not, but are you guys for like your teal season? Is that the you have to shoot at sunrise? Not the oh, like yeah. we can we we get the half hour before here, but you guys, yeah, we can't we can't. I'm gonna turn my phone now. We can't do we can't <laughs> shoot thirty minutes, so we have to wait until actual sunrise, not thirty uh-huh. minutes before. Yeah, which it's kind of annoying, but it hasn't really impacted our hunts to be honest that much. Um, I kind of like it because if you get a newer hunter out there, you can really help them learn how to ID birds in that 30 minutes because you are seeing teal flying, you're seeing mallards flying, you're seeing wood ducks flying. So it's a good little like crash course on, you know, your duck IDs for the first 30 minutes and kind of feel a little more comfortable of, of what you're going to shoot at, you know, and, and when to shoot. So I don't mind it. I mean, we'd probably be, we probably have limits in the first 30 minutes pretty easily if we could open it then, but. It's not too bad. Usually we end up doing all right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if there's other states like that or not. I I want to say it's like the Mississippi Flyway okay. is like that. Or I know there's a couple other like that, at least I've been told. But, yeah, Central Flyway, I know we don't have it and Kansas doesn't. So I don't know about anyone else, I guess. I thought I heard someone saying the other day, like the first couple of years they did it here, I wasn't really duck hunting or at least teal hunting then. I thought it opened really late, like nine or 10 in the morning, maybe even later. Um, and in fact, our opening days used to be like a nine or a 10 o'clock opening too, of like regular. Huh. Yeah. I wonder why that would be. I don't know if it was like traveling in the dark or they don't want people. I'm not sure. 
I really don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure why they started so late, but that switched. In fact, like the first year where I really got into duck hunting again, I went a few times when I was like younger with my dad and stuff. But when he's like, okay, let's go out for the opener. The first year we went, it was like a nine o'clock opening, I think. And that was probably, I don't know, 12 years ago, maybe 11 or 12 years ago. Okay. 10, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So our TLC, our TLC is coming up fast. It should be a fun one. Hopefully it's been chilly. It seems like it's been a little chilly up North. So we've got a few teal around and we got good water levels up here. Um, I think it's going to be a fun one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, We're, we always start the first Saturday in September, how we do it in Nebraska. So usually, well, it's, it's always Labor Day weekend. So we get three, you know, three days off to go chase teal. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah. And then it's, there's like a split. So there's two zones. So one zone only gets nine days. The other zone gets 16 days. Okay. But you just bounce around. Um, yeah. So. And they both open at the same time or no? Yeah, they both open at the same time. One just closes the next weekend and the other one closes the weekend after. Okay. So. I'm always intrigued by your season and your zones. And do you ever talk about that on here? Because I feel like you all, you get a lot of days to hunt or that you, you can make it work where you have a lot of days to hunt. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's one of the perks of basically the whole central flyway. Um, so we have the high plane, low plane designation and it, in Nebraska, Kansas, uh, South Dakota, for example, it's basically splits those States in half or pretty close to it. And then everything West of that line, they get another, I don't even know how many days it, like it turns out another three, four weeks, uh, for duck for whatever reason, it's a federal thing. I, yeah, they could, you know, they could split or someone else can break that down, but Uh, so that helps. And then we have four zones in Nebraska and I think that's the max, if I remember correctly. And they, they stagger the openers based upon different, uh, topography. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, we've got an area of a lot of wetlands or, um, lakes that freeze up early. So those open earlier than, you know, river areas or, areas with like big reservoirs or lakes or whatever. So um, we have some people on like Nebraska forums and stuff that are always they're like, it's too complicated. We need to have just one zone. And I'm like, no, we have, we can hunt, <laughs> you know, we can hunt 90 plus days for ducks. If you count teal season, maybe even more. I, I, I think it might be even triple digits if you sat down and did it. So I was like, no, no, let's, it, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. We only have two zones in our state, and we just switched back to two zones a couple of years. We have a northern and a southern. Northern freezes out a lot earlier, so they start a week earlier than us, and they end, they end, I think, two weeks earlier because they don't have a split. We have, in the southern zone, we have, we're open for, like, Saturday to a Sunday. So Saturday and then, like, to the next Sunday. And then we're closed for, like, the week, five days, and then we open back up the next Saturday after that. Okay. So, yeah, so we get five days later at the end of the season, plus another week, whereas Northern Zone loses those five days because they go straight through once they start, and then they end around Thanksgiving, I think. So, yeah, we get like maybe a week and a half extra down here. So do you find with that with that split, do you find those birds to be less pressured when you go back out? Does that help at all? Or Yeah, so we call that like we'll call it this, um, like the first opener and second opener. We usually do have, yeah, we have really good hunts that second opener, typically, in our marshes around here. Because uh, the birds just aren't pressured for that week, you know. They yeah. get hunted, you know, they get hunted for a week pretty hard, and then they get a break. And and during that time, we actually have a lot of pintails moving through the area. We have a lot of, like, widgeon. We'll have, like, the early migrators start to move through. So we'll have, t- like, some of the blue wings will, will move through and out, and some of the wood ducks will be starting to move. So by that second opener, you're, you sometimes you'll see just a, big numbers of wood ducks moving in through the state you'll start to see your first few early migrating mallards and then you'll uh you know all your like other puddler ducks start to migrate then too do you guys get much for black ducks over there i know like michigan they get a few do they make it over that way depends where you are i haven't i know that people do shoot them on the mississippi river but i haven't shot anything on the mississippi river yet um a few years ago we shot three in one day uh, me and my dad and my buddy Tom, we all shot a black duck that day. And that was on Green Bay. So that was actually, we were diver hunting and then we, it was kind of slow. So we switched to like a kind of a wooded shoreline. 
and we just hammered the mallards. I think we shot a four man of ducks that day, and it was a nice mixed bag. But we shot a few divers, but mostly mallard, uh, mallards, black ducks, teal, and then a few pod, a few um, diver ducks mixed in there too. And we saw a ton of black ducks that day. So I don't know if it was just like that they were migrating or what. I'm not sure, but there was a lot of them. Yeah. Now on them diver hunts, because um, you're off you're off the big lake, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, it's Green Bay, so we're not technically on. I mean, we're on Lake Michigan, but it's like there's a big bay in Wisconsin um, that comes down like between Door County and um, like basically Green Bay is at the point of it, the tip, the southernmost point of it. Okay. Um, and the whole the whole going up to the north around Door County, that's all Green Bay. So you can layout hunt that. That season I think is open a little later now. Um, but we usually were just in like a boat blind on the shore in some reeds in some timber. Um, that's kind of how we hunt that or on like a little Island out there. That's typically how the guy that I go with, that's how he hunts it. Uh, his name's Zach. He runs a guide service, but he's been having us out there for quite a few years now. Are there, uh, so out there, are there any like scoters or long tails that you encounter out there? Yeah. Not usually hunting from the shore where we hunt from, but if you're in a layout, uh, if you hunt out of like the layout boats, they shoot a lot of them out there. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that's kind of what they target. In fact, I think Titus went out there. God, it had to be seven or eight years ago now. He went out there, and I think he shot some long tails out there. Him and his brother went. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was that was like, God, that was quite a long time ago. Remember when we were doing like the uh, flyway updates way back in the day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was around that time. I think it was around that time. Cause I remember like I was talking to Titus about it, but I only knew him because of that, like flyway update thing. Yeah, I, oh man, that seems like forever ago now. Well, it, was, it was a long time ago. It was, was. Because I was living in this house. It was probably the first year. It was probably seven years ago. It was probably the first year I was in this house. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess <laughs> let's uh, shift focus a little bit more. Uh, talk a little bit about what's on your hat here. Uh, shoddy gear. It's your business. Let's uh, tell us a little bit about how, how it came to be, what it is. Yeah. So right now, all, all shoddy gear really is, it's a small um, dry bag, shell pouch, little business. It's kind of, I'm kind of using that as like a Kickstarter um, to just try to make the, I just feel like in Waterfall, there's not enough waterproof equipment. So it's kind of be the focus of like the company to start is just on waterproof equipment, whether it be blind bags, um, shell pouches, um, even just like, you know, clothing, things like that. So my real, my real like first start at that was, um, these little, these little shell pouches. And I knew that people, and I liked them too. Like, you know, the money bags that come with the boss shells. Yep. I really liked those and I just hated how they would always get wet. So my shelves would always be wet because I'm hunting out of a sled. You kind of know how that goes. You're hunting out of a sled or you got your stuff kind of stacked in a cattail and it falls in or it's just wet out and damp out and raining or whatever. So after a few years, I started just, I used like this big five liter um, dry bag to store my shelves. And I was like, that works. I was just keeping it in my blind bag and I would throw a box or two of shelves in there. And then when I run low, I'd add a box to it or whatever. And I kind of liked that because I could just set it in my sled didn't matter if there's water in the sled. Didn't matter if the dog was shaken. Like my shell stayed pretty dry. And uh, so then I went on a little like research. But this was like three years ago. I went on like this research binge. You know the Bass Mafia bags. You know Bass Mafia. Bags? You mind giving me one second? Yeah. You yeah. Grab the Bass Mafia bag. All right. Well, I guess it's called a money bag. The Guggen Squad made them for a little while. I don't okay. know what they'll do, but Bass Mafia is the one who can't open it. You start like baits in there. So originally I was like looking for this style of bag. It's got a zipper on the top. It's got like a, a Ziploc style thing on it as well. So oh, okay. you can lock it and, and zip it. So it's just a waterproof, heavy duty, kind of like PVC material, I guess. Not sure. I couldn't find them anywhere. I didn't know where to find them. Couldn't find a manufacturer for them. So... That was the original idea was to make some sort of bag like that material. And then I fell into the dry bags. Couldn't find the right sizes anywhere. This was probably two and a half years ago. And then I was using like a five liter dry bag. 
And then when I did finally find them, there was no like hunting colors. They were like bright orange, bright <laughs> yellow, bright blue. I'm like, what is going on? So finally I'm like, well, I'll just order some black ones. So I ordered some black bags and I used those two seasons ago, I guess. I used them for the full season. They didn't have any logos on them. I just ordered like 10 of them as samples and I really liked them. I don't think I have one here yet. And then that's the bag I came out with first. So that I came out with, I just ordered a hundred of them thinking, oh, maybe a hundred people will be interested in these shell pouches and I'll sell a hundred and, and see what happens. And uh, I bought those last summer. So it would have been almost a year ago. I bought those. I didn't even sell one. I didn't try to sell any of them because I was like kind of developing the LLC, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So then I got the LLC started, which is called Shot of Gear. Um, I got the domain name, which is shotofgear.com. And then I kind of designed my first logo on my own. And then from there, that was like probably last November when I finished that. So then we used the shell, my like samples for all last season. In fact, those actually had logos on. So I gave them to a few buddies. I think I gave like 10 of those 100 away. Let my buddies use them. I used them. And then this April, I'm like, okay, I guess we'll see what happens. And I posted a video on TikTok and it got like 15,000 views and I sold like 40 of the bags. I'm like, oh, sweet. People want to buy these. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. So at that point, I didn't have my website yet. So I used, so I didn't have my website and my cousin, he actually sells stuff on Amazon. He like sells a bunch of stuff on Amazon. He's uh, his company is called Real Deal Steel and they sell like stainless steel mugs, like Yeti mugs but his company's called Real Deal Steel and he sells a ton of them on there. And so I started like picking his brain about how I should do this. Should I do an Amazon store or should I just, and he's like, dude, just start a Shopify. He's like, go to Shopify and create a store on Shopify. And since all your traffic's coming from TikTok, you don't need Amazon right now. Just see how, see how well you can do on Shopify. So I'm like, okay, sweet. So I sold the 40 bags and then that video is still kind of going off on TikTok. And it's like, I'm getting like, I'm selling like 20 to 25 bags a day for like three or four days. This is in April. This was this April. I'm like, sweet. Well, so four days go by and I get my website set up. So like the first half of the bags I sold like through um, PayPal and Venmo and stuff like that on Instagram. So I would send people to my Instagram and then they would, they would, you know, I'd get them the payment information. So then I got Shopify set up. So the second 50 bags sold on Shopify Probably in two days, I sold like those 50 bags. I'm like, oh, sweet, I'm out. Well, because it takes a while to me, to get them and have them manufactured, I think it was like a six-week delay. Oh. So in April, yeah, so in April, yeah, it was six weeks. So in April, I sold out. I'm like, okay, well, I'll buy 300 bags this time. So in the meantime, while I'm waiting, I got my Shopify set up, my like shotygear.com. I bought my domain name. Um, did a little research on that, like the trademarking stuff. And then, um, I ordered my new bags. I had a designer. Um, I hired a designer with the profit I made off the pouches and they, they came up with like the shoddy gear logo. Um, originally the logo would just said shoddy shell pouch on it. I wish I had my original down here, but it's upstairs. Cause I was, somebody was talking smack on TikTok, So I had to make a video to show them <laughs> it works. Um, they were like, your, your bag's still going to get wet if it's open. I'm like, well, it just flops over, man. That's all you gotta do. So I was like spraying it with a hose and stuff. But, uh, anyways, so yeah, so the designer created this logo right here was like my, kind of my original design on the logo, except it said, I wanted shoddy gear in, in here instead of, um, shoddy shell pouch. And then you can see it, it obviously looks like the back end of a shotgun shell. Yeah. A couple stars on it. So that's kind of where I came with that. And then she, I was like, I wish I had like a more round logo. Um, to go in there. And so then she just kind of pulled this part of the logo off. So that's what I kind of have on my hats and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how it got started. So I bought the 300 pouches. If I'm talking, am I talking too much? You're good to go here. No, no, keep going. Is it boring? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of no. crazy to be quite honest. So, and I, I don't think I've told you about any of it, like how it's really just been taking off pretty, pretty hardcore here. So I sold, I got the 300 um, about the end of school year, so around June. So it was April, May, school gets out for me, June. Um, the second, so I have 300 pouches now, and it's still my old logo pouches because I didn't have my new one designed yet. So I do a video 
my first day of summer break. And so these 300 were supposed to last me through the summer. The three, the second 300 that I ordered, they're supposed to last me through the summer. So I do a video on TikTok again, like literally the worst time you should do it right before you go to bed. I posted it like whatever, maybe it'll do okay. And um, I think I woke up in the morning, I had like 18 orders on my Shopify. I'm like, oh baby. And like, they're all like two and three pouches each. So I'm like, I sold like 50 bags overnight. <laughs> the next day I had to shoot like an archery on makeup score. I shoot like a tournament, like uh spot archery dots and stuff kind of like this, but I shoot it outdoors too. And I'm out there, I'm out there shooting my bow and also my phone's like ding, 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 ding all morning. Like my phone was going off. Well, by the end of that day, I sold like $800 in pouches. This is in like, this is in like a, probably a, by, by noon, maybe. I think it was by like noon. I sold over 150 of those pouches and I was just like, this is just absolutely crazy. I'm just laughing with my buddy. Every time my phone would ding, I'd just start laughing. I'd be like at full draw. And I'd be able to read the same. My phone would buzz and it'd go ding. And then I'd shoot the shot and just like, this is this is crazy. I can't believe this many people are buying them. That video ended up getting like 30,000 views or something like that. But I sold a lot of pouches from it. So I'm like, wow, that was kind of crazy. So I get all those orders packaged up Friday. They go out to, They go out on Friday. I'm learning a lot about like shipping and stuff like that. Um, if you have a Shopify account, you can save like 20% on your shipping stuff. So if I go to the post office, it's 20% more than what I pay like through Shopify. They have some deal worked out. So anyway, so I'm like learning all this stuff about Shopify and how to do it. My cousin's just a super big help. And I'm like, all right, sweet. So I got like 150 of these suckers left. Um, I think I had two colors. I think I had gray and like a forest green color. And so I have like 150 left. So Sunday night comes around. I'm like, oh, I'll do another TikTok right before I fell asleep. Wake up in the morning. It has like 10,000 views. I'm like, okay, sweet. I had like 12 orders already when I woke up. And that video, the rest of that Monday morning, I was actually at the archery club doing some work and stuff. And the same thing was happening. My phone was going wild. And by 10 o'clock that morning, I was sold out of all my bags. So I sold 150 more already. And so I only had 300, which isn't that many, but it was like, this is crazy. I can't believe this is even happening right now. Like I sold that many out. So then that gave me some like room in the, like I created a business, like a business banking account in this like three or four day span. Cause I was not expecting all this money to could be coming in. And uh, <laughs> so I sold these pouches, sell out of them. I'm like, well, I'm sold out again. I have this website and now I don't have anything to sell for another two months or eight, you know, six weeks, seven weeks. So then I ordered, so this order has, that I have right now with the up, everything's updated on it. I have three colors. I have a gray, I have a black and I have a forest green. Um, I think I have like 600, but I got those on August 1st or so. And I'm already like halfway gone with all of those. And I have Jeez. another order coming October 1st. Um, I should, I ordered 1200 this time, so I might be SOL, but I have 1200 <laughs> of those pouches coming. And then I actually have an event, like a, an elite pouch I'm going to come out with. Um, I don't want to say too much about it, but it should just be a little bit, uh, um, things that maybe duck hunters might want in a shell pouch, things that I want in a shell pouch. Um, that's kind of what I've included in that. I'll talk to you about it off air a little bit if you want to hear about it, but yeah, yeah, uh, no, it's, I that should be here like around October. Well, that's getting delayed because they're taking forever to get some of the things that I want in the bag on the pouch. Um, so hopefully by the end of October. Okay. Um, and I run a 1200, which will be here in November. There'll actually be some white ones as well. So those would be for like the snow goose guys, late season hunters, guys who are laying out in the snow, um, no blinds, things like that. So I think I ordered 400 green, 300 gray, 200 black and four, uh, 300 uh, white ones with my like with these style pouches and these are fine they're just they're uh just uh, they're, honestly they're kind of a basic dry bag but i i can get a good deal on them and i can sell them for pretty inexpensive uh like uh, i sell them for like basically including shipping it's three for 36 so 12 dollars a pouch that's including your shipping if you order three of them if you just order like two you still got to pay you don't get a two dollars off a pouch so if you put three in your cart you'll get two dollars off so i can sell them at ten dollars a pouch plus um plus shipping which is like 575 if you order three and to be honest the best deal is to order four uh because you get two dollars off a pouch and then if you order five it jumps up to 990 to ship 
So you got to pay a little extra in shipping if you order five of them. But if you order four of them, it stays at that 575 mark. So, yeah, so that's kind of the story of Shotty Gear. That's kind of how it started and just kind of took off. And I'm nice. really shocked. Oh, so by the way, so the, I forgot to say, those 300, the last 300, they sold out by 10 o'clock that morning. And that video had like 48,000 views when I sold out. That video has like 760,000 views now. Holy cow. And like, <laughs> I want to say like it's either two or 3,000. I can't remember. I haven't looked at it in a while. Two or 3,000. Like, you know how you can save a, a post in TikTok? So you can save a, like, it's got like two or 3,000 saved posts. So that's kind of how I based my orders. Like, everybody who saved it at least had some sort of interest in it. Not that they'll necessarily be a customer, but um, there's a good chance that they might come back and, and want to buy a pouch, at least for now. So that's crazy. That's crazy to get like, that that i mean t- just the power of tiktok <laughs> yeah that's the thing it's it's a, entirely dependent on tiktok right now which and i'm gonna like uh, i'll get on this podcast with you obviously and i'll get on a few other podcasts and um so that'll help as well and just getting these pouches out there so right now there's got to be four there's like seven or eight hundred pouches out there right now and obviously once fall comes around they'll be with their buddies they'll be hunting so it's like oh what's that and you know you hope that that then kind of brings more customers in too and hopefully I'll have 1,200 pouches to sell by then. So, yep. so I I have three of these pouches. You sent me three of them. Yeah. Um, and the first thing I did with them is I wanted to see how many 28-gauge shells it could hold. Because you got your capacity for 12 and 20, but no 28-gauge. So I went ahead and did that for you. And you can get 100 in there with one roll, like, and you can get it down to one roll. If you want to roll it a few more times, it's like 85, I think is what I came up with. So yeah. 80, 85, which that that's a couple of weeks of hunting. So, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And obviously you're not going to shoot that many shells in one hunt, but um, I might come out with some bigger ones later on. Like if you want to keep them in your truck for the season, that's actually what I do. I have a bigger bag, which it's not even a shot of your bag because I didn't come out with it yet, but I keep like, just a few boxes of shells in that pouch. And then I just, that's like when I go out of town for the weekend, I always have shells in there I can grab. But yeah, that's a lot of shells in there. I was shocked when you sent me that text and you're like, there's a hundred in there. I'm like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) you can get get 50, but it's a a tight squeeze with 50. You can roll it like one and a half times with a 12 gauge three inch shell. Um, So yeah, I was surprised when you said a hundred, I was like, Whoa, that's a lot of shells. And I kind of targeted, I mean, these are really targeted for like, Guys who hunt with dogs, guys who hunt out of kayaks, guys who hunt out of sleds, guys who hike in. Like you can get a little uh, beaner and clip it on the side here and hook it to your waders or whatever. Like, you know, you bring in 20 shells or something. You don't have anywhere to to keep them. Maybe a shell sleeve, but they're getting all wet when you're wading through the water. But really, it's like the sled, the kayak guys, the boat blind guys, the guys who hunt with dogs. That's kind of where I see these are most helpful because, I mean, it's really, it's simple. It's just a dry bag, but it keeps the water out, especially when you are, hunting and the dog shaking next to you, you just kind of flip the bag over it's full of shells and you and it just kind of stays like that you want shells out of you just flip it up open up grab your shells so it's yeah. kind of nice. and actually if you have like a half a bag and it's filled with air they'll float too so that's kind I, of i was just gonna ask you that if, if yeah. you've done a float test on it so cool yeah so i threw like a little more than a box probably 30 shells in there and you roll them up when you roll them up if you kind of trap the air in there they kind of puff out. You'll be able to tell like when there's air in it. So those will start to puff up. And when there's shells in there, it does it a little bit sooner. But yeah, if there's air in there, um, mine floated. So that was like probably 30 shells, 35 shells in there. And it was floating. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of cool too. But cool. yeah, I'd like to, so this is kind of like in my mind, it's kind of like a Kickstarter. This is like what's starting the company. I'll always have these 30 or these $10 pouches, $12 pouches available on my site because people like them and you can use them for wallets, keys, um, boat registrations, licenses, your stamps. You could just throw them in there for the whole year if you really wanted and just kind of stash it in your boat and then you got it and stays dry. Um, but yeah, I, at this point, I'm just kind of using these as Kickstarters to build up some revenue in the bank account. And I've left all my money in there, just reinvested it in the company. So like, you know, I bought 1200 shells, 600 shells, 300 shells. I had to buy a a label printer like a thermal printer i had to buy a chromebook because i didn't want to hold my computer up and down the stairs and, <laughs> and storage shelves because it's kind of gotten like there's just too much stuff right now so um yeah it's kind of taken off too fast for me but like i've been thinking about how to like monetize my youtube channel for years now and it's like 
you can sell stuff like hats and things like that, but they just, they don't really sell that well. I mean, unless you're like really, really big, I feel like, right. Like it's hard to sell, you know, you might buy two dozen hats and you'll sell 10 or 11 of them right away. But then the other ones kind of sit on the shelf for a little while. They're hard to sell. Same with sweatshirts. I had the same issue. Like I have three or four sweatshirts sitting over there from an order I did a while back. And it's like the, that stuff doesn't just sell as easily for me where it's like, I was like, I need to come up with a product. So like for like four years, I've been just trying to like think of what could I sell in like the duck hunting industry that people would want to buy that they need. And that's kind of lacking in the industry, at least at a reasonable price. Cause there are some companies that actually offer um, these and they must've been like figuring it all out kind of when I was as well, cause they have them out as well, but they all, they kind of launched like right before I already had my like company started, but I didn't have launched any product yet. This was the product, but I was like testing it. And then all of a sudden that company came out with it like that. I want to say that last fall maybe. And then I basically launched mine in the spring. So, but yeah, I mean, you won't find one for less money right now. And we got to pay for three of these basically. That's kind of how I started with that. So, and shotagear.com is the website once again. Yeah. Shotagear.com. S H O T T Y. Um, I have some stickers on the website. I have a few hats left on the website. Um, plenty of pouches left right now that should last me hopefully till the end of this month. And, uh, yeah, I got gray, green, and black. The most popular right now is probably the green pouch. And then the gray pouch and then black is about 30 or 40 bags behind compared to the others. But yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's shot of gear. Nice. nice. I I had a bunch of pictures done recently with the product and. Um, yeah, you know, it's pretty, it's been pretty kind of a fun run, especially when you like post a video on TikTok, and then you can tell when the videos takes off. Cause all of a sudden you start getting orders and it's like, ding, ding, ding. Your phone just keeps <laughs> I'm like, Oh man. In fact, the other day I did a pre-order beforehand. And I think I had to package up 48 orders, um, over the course of like a day because my product came in, I had like 20 orders and then I did a TikTok, took off. And then I got like another 28 orders like that night. So it's kind of cool how fast it's it's really kind of growing. It feels like it's growing. It's like I still feel like it's just gonna like phase out. I don't I don't know why. It's just kind of like the hunch I have. And if it does, it does. But it's still kind of cool to see it grow the way it is. I just gotta kind of come up with some more ideas and products and things like that. Yeah. No. I hope it hope it keeps going well for you. That's awesome. So it's been fun. It has been a fun ride. That's for sure. Something to do in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Now I got teal to look forward to. Do you guys do you guys have a dove season up there? We do have a dove. Yep. So teal open September first, dove open September first, and big uh big goose. Um, early season goose opens up September first. Okay. So and then uh, Wisconsin kicks off the next day, I think. Wisconsin. Oh yeah, they do. (laughs) Oh no, they kick off on Saturday, right? Set. Yeah. 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 Oh, September first. That's a Thursday this year, right? Yeah. Uh, Friday. Oh, it is a Friday. Yeah. You sure? Yeah, because Nebraska, so Nebraska kicks off. We're August thirty first, that Thursday night, and then we got dove opener on Friday, and then tail opener on Sun or Saturday. So, it's, oh, here I thought it was a Thursday. All interesting. Oh, and yeah. then we're off on the Labor Day too. Yeah, so it's, it's gonna be a fun weekend. It is a fun weekend. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize it was a Friday. I was thinking it was a Thursday for some reason. That's awesome. Do we play? Do we do you play Wisconsin right away? You play we, play, we play Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. So in the the big the Big Ten that just like is growing westward and oh, eastward. Yeah, we have Oregon now and Washington yeah. and the California schools. <laughs> Did you know that Wisconsin's the only Big Ten school that doesn't have a baseball team? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's terrible. It's so frustrating. They lose a lot of talent. There's, Wisconsin has like turned into a hotbed for baseball the last like eight or nine years, and they're just losing so much talent. It's, it's disappointing. Yeah. It's crazy how little the Big Ten just – they don't care about baseball. There's, like, Nebraska and maybe a handful of other schools. But yeah. other than that, they just – they don't care. So Yeah. It's kind of weird. But oh, well. Yep. <laughs> Do any big wanna... plans for you this year? Oh, sorry. Say that again. Any big plans for you this year? Uh, I'm trying to think. I've got a couple different collabs set up. Um, Elliot's coming to hunt with me, so I'm looking forward to that. I might get over to Wyoming again. I haven't been there in a couple of years. Um, I put in for a swan tag. I put in for a swan tag two years in a row now in Utah, and I didn't haven't drawn yet. 
Okay. Um, so hopefully next year's the year finally, but when do you find out usually? You, so you gotta, yeah, you apply early July and then you find out like by mid July, I think oh. is when it, when they sent the email to me. Gotcha. So a little, little easier to plan if it's a sure thing, I guess. Well, yeah. So just going to count on that next year, I guess. Well, hopefully I can make it out this winter again. We could, or not again, but we'll try to make it work this year. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It just didn't work out. It was like we had, we had ducks and then the day before the day you were supposed to come or something is like, here's another 10, 12 inches of snow. And there snow goes the ducks. It's really cold. Everything froze out. Yeah. We, yeah. we had that Arctic chill and just, yeah. yeah, we lost most of our birds for a week or two. And yeah. Yeah, that happened here too. Because that—that's when we actually had a lot of those good goose hunts this late season last year. Was during that stretch when I was going to come out to you. I was like, oh, I guess I'll try to kill some geese. Those geese are like second priority number two for me. That's yeah, if that's, that's how I am. I'm going to go on public land. If I get skunked on public land killing ducks, I'd rather do that than than hunt geese and shoot a ten man limit of geese in the field. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the ducks at the time. I want, I want the you know, I want the mallards and the green winged teal late season over the the honkers and. If I can, I'll take the honkers though too. So yeah, we had a really good push of green wings last year. In fact, I didn't even post the hunt yet. Um, we shot three short of a four man on the Mississippi, which is more than we've ever. Usually, it's just my dad and I out there. But I had a buddy and his girlfriend came out, and it was like one of her. It was her first year hunting, so we all shot our limit. She shot three birds, but we shot like nine or ten green wings, and then we shot like nine or ten mallards. And then we shot a few Gadwell. We shot a Buffalo Head. So it was a really fun hunt. Um, that was that was last fall. That that hunt should come out soon. It was actually my dad's last hunt on the Mississippi River. So my dad passed away. I don't know. I, I, though someone yeah. was, some people haven't really made any announcements yet, but my my dad passed away in July of cancer and kind of sorry. Kind of rough, sorry, but it happened fast for him for his sake. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. He had a heck of a last, I'm going to tell you what, he had a heck of a last season waterfowl hunting. His last ever hunt, we shot 45 birds in five bands, goose hunting. Um, His last time he hunted on the Mississippi River, we shot three short of a four-person hunt, four-person limit hunt. Um, His last hunt in one of our favorite marshes locally, we shot a three-person limit. Um, There was another one. Oh, his last hunt on water, we shot a three-man limit of mallards. So he really went out with a, a bang and <laughs> fortunate that he got sick uh, this summer, but uh, I'm glad that he got to hunt hard last year. It was pretty, pretty, pretty stoked to, for him to have a good last year. And I'm glad that uh, I'm glad he had such a good, and he was able to hunt all the way through last year. That was really cool. Yeah. And, and you got those memories captured too. Oh yeah. That's super cool. I've gone back and watched some of those. That's... I'm actually editing two. Of, so just by chance, two of those hunts, his last water hunt, which was a three man of mallards, and then his last um, Mississippi River. I just didn't publish those for no reason. I just ran out of time last year, and I didn't do it. So those should come out in September. Uh, each of those hunts, and I have like actually four or five more that I didn't publish last year either. So got kind of lazy with the editing. I think towards the end of the year, <laughs> I was just beat down, just hunting. Yeah. That'll happen. I, I, I <laughs> are no, you looking? Are your hunts releasing right now? Are they? Are those all? Are they reposts or are they are they new hunts that we haven't seen before? I feel like we haven't seen most of them before. I no, there's so most of them are uh, yeah, most of them are un, you know just from last year that I never edited. Okay, um, but there's a couple that I redo just as I uh, as I learn new techniques over the years. Yeah, uh, you know, I was like, well, I I have enough that I can go back and make this better. And so I'm doing it more for me, but I I like the way it turns out too. Well, and sometimes, you know, you just maybe post it, not the best time. It doesn't get the video that you think it should. It doesn't get the views that you think it should. And that would probably be a good time to repost them too, to be honest, change them a little bit and make it better. Yeah. I have a tendency to have mine. They kind of drag too long sometimes, but I just feel like it's important stuff. But then it's like, I go back and watch it four weeks later. I'm like, why did I leave that in there? (laughs) I, I, I'll go back, you know, I'll go back on like my old videos and I'll just like, I didn't do a lot of audio mixing or editing back in the day. So you can just hear the clicks from different clips and stuff. I'm like, ah, yeah. I wish I would have known what I was doing further back, but yeah. 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 So, yeah, but 
I'm looking forward to another fun season. Should be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll I'm, we'll talk off air and try to figure out hammer out a date or something or yeah. Get hopefully get you out here and uh, I'd yeah. love to get up there sometime too. You know, I've, I think I've only been to Wisconsin once or twice. Yeah. Maybe fishing once. Trying to think what I did gotcha. up there. We're usually pretty good on like safe time to come is that late goose season. We're usually on the birds pretty heavy. That would be mostly geese though. And your season's probably still open then, so I don't know if you want to come up for that. Um, that's the hard thing. It's like hard to leave when you got birds to shoot, you know, an hour from your house or two hours from your house. Yeah, I think I'd want to do like the the timber hunting just because you know it's oh, yeah we don't really have much for that here so that'd be kind of cool i think yeah get you out on the mississippi river and yeah maybe yeah a lot of times what we do on the river is that like friday nights we'll we'll go down we'll scout a little bit just from see if there's birds flying and then saturday we'll sit in a spot where we can see really well like see the whole area that we're hunting because a lot of times you'll see mallards just pouring into a spot in the woods um from that from that hunt and sometimes we have really good hunts at that spot too like sitting away but then you'll go find them in this little hole it's just it's very rewarding it's kind of cool it's kind of cool seeing them drop in through the woods although we didn't have one hunt like that last year we only went to the river twice so two weekends but yeah yeah that would be fun get out here in november it'd be like a november late october november would be a good time to shoot mallards in the trees especially if the water's up that's that's when it starts getting we're, November is notoriously known around here as slow vember because we're like oh. between cold fronts. We, you know, we, we have the early birds, the pintails and gadwall and widgeon that push yeah. through. And then it can just be dead. And then it seems about during rifle season here in Nebraska is when you see the ducks. So you'll be out in a deer blind and here's just the mallards and geese passing by. And you're like, oh, I should be out duck hunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how, that's how I switched from bow hunting to duck hunting. Like the first few years I was like, I'm, I'll be in the stand bow hunting and like, oh, there's some ducks, eh, whatever. And then I'd go duck hunting, but like, I should be in the bow stand right now. There's freaking big bucks walking under my stand right now. I know it. Why am I duck hunting? And then I had, we had a really good, like late season hunt. Me and my dad for a whole weekend, we shot a bunch of mallards in the snow. And, and then like the next year was, I was bow hunting and I'd see a duck fly by. I'm like, why am I bow hunting right now? I should be duck hunting. <laughs> and then it kind of switched. And then it was like, I don't even want to go bow hunting. Now I have properties like, Worst case scenario, if I'm bored, I want to go hunt. I just can just go solo hunt a field, you know, 10 minutes from my house and maybe shoot a duck or two or maybe a goose or three and, you know, get lucky. But yeah, it's kind of, kind of funny how it switched on me. I had a, I had a buddy like that and call, I met him in college. Never, never did any duck or goose hunting, big archery guy. And, uh, I, I took him out <laughs> duck hunting and goose hunting. And before he knew it, he bought a dog and he, oh, a bunch geez. of decoys and all, uh, he was yeah. yeah, and then he uh, then he moved back closer to home, and now he's back into the archery thing. So that's Lost crazy. Him. Yeah, I kind of did. I didn't do the dog yet, but I definitely spent too much money on a boat. I spent <laughs> actually several boats probably in the last six years. We had a twelve foot. We had a little twelve foot V bottom with a little two and a half Evan root. Me and my dad, like the first couple of years, we got back into duck hunting. This is uh, when I was still bow hunting, and we'd be ripping through the backwaters in this two and a half horse. Evan would be like, "Wee!" It'd be so loud, it'd be so oh. extremely loud, and we'd be going like three miles an hour in this little Evan, twelve foot John boat. Me and my dad would just crack up, and then the next year, a year later, we we bought a little fourteen foot flat bottom, put an eight horse on that. And then the next year, we bought a sixteen horse with like a thirty on there. And then I bought a gator tail. It's like, yeah, I just kind of got got out of control kind of fast. That's, that's easy to do with waterfowl hunting. You can spend a lot of money quick. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, but, I got like good deal. Like I bought a used I bought a used motor for it. So that's it. And it was actually I had to repair it. It was uh, the lower unit was cracked on it, so I had to repair it. So I got a good deal on that. And then the hull, I bought the wrong hull, resold the hull, made some money on it, and then I just went and bought a gator tail hull. Like that year, I got here like two two years ago in October. Got here. Oh, duck hunting, I tell you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then somehow I just decided to like try to work in it. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been at it for about an hour, so I guess we, we can call her there. Uh, 
real quick, I guess, uh, Chase, why don't you shout out your yeah. where people can find you, find your gear once again. Yep. So I um, I started on YouTube at Somewhere in Wisconsin. I'm on Somewhere in Wisconsin on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, uh, also on Facebook. And then uh, you can also find me, shoddygear.com is uh, the website where I sell the bags, the pouches, but I'm also on TikTok at Shoddy Gear Official. And then I'm on Facebook, Shoddy Gear LLC, Instagram, Shoddy Gear LLC. And then we also have a little Facebook group right now that I just kind of started a few months ago that is called Shoddy Gear for Waterfallers. It's more of like a discussion group. If stuff's coming out, a lot of times you have first chance to buy it, things like that. So that uh, that is up and running as well. Okay. Appreciate, that. appreciate you having me on, Matt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Appreciate appreciate you coming on here. So, uh, I guess I'll I will post this in the Foul Front Facebook group once again. If you guys haven't joined that, go over there, um, and then I'll post a link to Shoddy Gear as well. If you guys want to check out Chase's company, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. See ya. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.